0: leader hi i'm amy um i'm gonna be preaching today i also wanted to want to tell you about the little um the little crocheted friends there um so the 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 leader magazine um worship planning resources today had um suggested visuals with um kind of a with dramatic reds and golds um kind of a you know possibly like a nest of fire Um, that a phoenix can rise from and um, it sounded very dramatic and Rachel and I thought um, crocheted baby phoenixes so (laughs) that's what (laughs) that's what you get when you tell Rachel and I to do things and (laughs) um, I had a lot of fun with that um, with the project but also the um, I love the baby phoenix because it's kind of the reality of the idea of some a newborn or somebody rising from the ashes it's cute and awkward it looks like it maybe can't fly yet maybe can't walk yet um, and that brand new brand new slightly messy <laughs> reality just fit the um the first day of the church for me so um, anyway that's that um, and on to the sermon itself So, all four Gospels agree that Jesus died around the time of the Passover Feast. So, in the days that followed, as Jerusalem was teeming with pilgrims celebrating the festival, the disciples gathered in the dark quiet of a locked room, confused, bereft, struggling to hold on to hope for all that was promised to them, afraid and uncertain about what might happen next. It was in that place that the risen Jesus came to them, offering them peace, a herald of God's victory over death. They continued to see him for the next 40 days. And the gospel tells us a few stories of these encounters. But one day, Jesus spoke his final words to them, bidding them to go out to bring his good news to the world. Then he disappeared from their sight, and they didn't see him after that. A few days later, it was time for Shavuot, or in Greek, Pentecost, the celebration of the wheat harvest, as well as a commemoration of the giving of the Torah. And as the streets of Jerusalem were teeming with pilgrims, celebrating the festival, the disciples gathered in one place, confused, bereft, struggling to hold on hope, hold on to hope for all that was promised to them, afraid and uncertain of what might happen next. And I wonder if any of the disciples remarked, I feel like we've been here before. On the other side of Pentecost, we, as followers of Jesus, trust that Jesus is risen, that his resurrection has shown once and for all that the love of God is stronger than death. We confess our faith that the Holy Spirit is among us, giving us life, empowering us for service to God and God's people. And as we affirm these glorious realities, the Church has too often given into the temptation to think that confusion, grief, and fear are aberrations, things that we just need to get over, or even symptoms of a lack of faith. But in reality, grief, confusion, doubt, and fear are foundational experiences of the church. In the Gospels and Acts, we see that support for one another, when it seems like all is lost, is what first gathers the disciples together when Jesus is no longer with them. And while I notice this is kind of um, going into my theme of kind of a downer of my sermons lately, <laughs> um, and I'm going to get to those glorious wonders of Pentecost right, real soon, um, I just wanted to make sure that this was said—that this is where the day started. So many of us, myself included, are tempted to hide away from our community when we aren't experiencing the faith, hope, and joy that we want to believe characterizes the followers of Jesus. But Pentecost begins with a people struggling to hold on to faith and hope, unable to join in the joy of the celebration that was taking place just outside their door. It was to this people, holding on to one another for dear life, that the Holy Spirit came. The spirits coming to them was not in a small voice or a gentle nudge, but something much more dramatic. The text describes the sound of a violent wind filling the house and tongues of fire resting on each person. But those those gathered appear not to be afraid of all this, but spurred into motion, into action, going out to the gathering pilgrims, speaking such that the diverse crowd could each hear the message spoken in their native language. Their appearance must have seemed pretty chaotic, since some of the crowd said that they were probably drunk. Although we weren't certain exactly what the message was that the people heard in their own language, just that they were speaking of God's God's deeds of power, the text preserves the words that Peter spoke to the crowd. He quotes the prophet Joel, locating the events that they were witnessing within the Hebrew prophetic tradition. The text discusses the pouring out of God's Spirit on the whole people of God, discussing how dreams, visions, and prophetic words would come to men and women, young and old, enslaved and free. The power of God's Spirit and the signs of God's coming are not subtle and hidden things that must be carefully discerned by mystics and scholars. The Spirit's presence would be sudden, clear, universally experienced. It was this vision of the Spirit that drove the disciples forward into a world that might be hostile to them, empowered to share the good news with people who are different from themselves, the call for all people to come alive. The story of Pentecost Day, taken by itself, seems like the inauguration of a glorious future. The empowered church ready to fill the earth with the knowledge of God's power and love, taking their first step into a glorious future. But the remainder of the New Testament, not to mention the lived reality of the church, makes it clear that this isn't the case. The Spirit does not shield us from pain. And as the epistle text that we read states, it is sometimes the life of the Spirit that can, in a sense, um, contribute to our distress, because it's through the Spirit that we hope for something more that we don't see, a new creation that we believe is coming into being, even if the world seems to be falling apart around us. And the same spirit is the source of our comfort and patience as we hope for what we've not seen, the spirit which prays for us on our behalf when we don't even know what to pray for anymore. The image Uh, that we had for our worship today was the phoenix a mythical being with origins in ancient egypt that has resonated with various times and cultures including within christian history the phoenix dies in a blaze of glory and rises from its own ashes as much as we want our life in the spirit to be bright strong and fearless the image of the phoenix seems an accurate reflection of the life of this in this current age We live through cycles of growing, burning out, being restored, of dying and living again. Life in the spirit is not an unchanging experience of joy, hope, and power, but a promise that we can rely on the next time it feels like the world is ending. There is a fire within us, even when it feels like it's burning out, able to offer neither heat nor light. And like a phoenix reborn from the ashes, that fire will blaze up in glory and shine before all. Thanks.